The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Welcome back to Hardwood Homies. I'm your host, Jackson Hoy. As always, I'm joined by Mike Gribbenov. Mike, how are you doing today? It's, I've, I've heard it's like raining out in the, or snowing actually out in the valley. Are you in the midst of that snow right now? No, the sun's shining, sky's clear. It's nice. Nice, nice. Everyone's, everyone on Twitter's been freaking out that like in Northridge and stuff, it's snowing. And I could be offending people with my lack of LA geography knowledge, but uh, it's it's snowing in parts of LA. Um, I'm, not, I'm not super well-versed in the LA geography yet, but where I am, there's no snow either. So missed that. Glad about that. Today we are doing some scouting reports. We got five guys to talk about the guys we picked out. We tried to pick out guys who were going to be in this draft. So we, we got three seniors here and then we have two guys named Charles who are almost surely going to be in the draft. Charles Bassey, almost guaranteed to be a one and done. There's no way he's going to Western. He would have gone to Western Kentucky if he was planning staying there multiple years. Uh, you can pretty much guarantee that he's gone after this year. And Charles Matthews at Michigan, redshirt junior himself, already 22. You got to think that he's probably coming out this year, especially with as good of a team as Michigan is. They're probably going to lose some other pieces to the draft as well. Bresdakis maybe comes out. Maybe Jordan Poole does too. No seniors in the rotation at least, so there's a chance that if they all decide to come back, you know, they're a great team next year or something like that. But being 22 – a former high recruit, you'd think Matthews would probably want to get his name in now, especially having a lot of a lot of buzz. But we'll see what happens with him. It's not a guarantee that he does under the draft, but I would I would think he does. Well, I mean, honestly, I forgot that I thought he was a senior. Like I I realized that he's a junior a few days ago as I was doing the scouting. <laughs> but um, when I put his name on the list, I thought he was a senior. That's why I put him. I forgot that he was a junior. Yeah, I I kind of did too. But I mean, I I figure he'll come out. He he tested the waters last year, and it was kind of like. The vibe that I got, at least, was he was testing the waters last year to planning to come out this year. But there's a chance he comes back, and this scouting report is, is null. But we do have three seniors in Bassey, so there are at least four guys who will get in the draft from this year, unless something crazy happens and Bassey doesn't enter. But I can't imagine that. No real news. We were right before we came on air. We were trying to figure out if there was anything super notable we need to talk about. Everyone, I'm sure, has talked about the Zion Williamson injury, and everyone has their takes on that, and. You know, every, everything's been said. I don't know if we really have any insight we need to provide. But the, the real news that matters is just before we started, uh, Shams Tranya tweeted that it's a grade one knee sprain, and he's just going to be day-to-day with that. So very minor injury, no long-term implications, which is really nice. But, you know, the Zion injury stuff is going to start creeping back into the discussion about him. And you probably are going to see some people throw that around and say, oh, this is why John Morant or RJ Barrett's number one. Zion's still number one. We don't need to talk about that. but. I'm just glad he's healthy because it, it would have really, really sucked to not have him playing. And, you know, even if he does choose to sit out the rest of the season, that's not what it sounds like right now. We don't have any anything to suggest that. Even if he does, we've got enough of him. He's proven enough. He's he's the number one pick. He should do what he wants to do. But uh, there have been enough discussions about Zion that we don't really need to talk about him too much. 
I was thinking yesterday, like, um, if he got, like, a career-ending injury, I think there's still, like, a chance you would probably think about taking him number one and just hope <laughs> you could somehow heal him. Like, that's how, like, far away he is, the number one, even if the injury was, like, career-ending. If there's any hope that he could still come back and play at the same level, you would still probably take him number one. Yeah, I I tweeted something, like, replying to someone saying he would have to have one of his legs amputated for me to not have him number one. Like, it... And yeah. there's almost no, like, even, like, conventional injury, even, like, a like an Achilles tear or something terrible like that that would dissuade me from having him number one because it's just that it's that much of a gap. And the hope of yep. getting a player that good, you can't pass on that. But, yeah, we I think we've kind of made it clear that Zion's the number one guy. We don't, we don't need to go into that too much. And we got a lot to cover with these scouting reports. So we're going to start with Charles Bassey just because he's a bit different mold from the rest of these guys. The rest of these guys are kind of wings, uh, sort of compared to each other pretty well, particularly the – Schofield Pascal and the Matthews Davis comparison. Did did we mention that we're doing all these guys? We talked about uh, we got Charles Bassey, Admiral Schofield, Eric Pascal, Terrence Davis, Charles Matthews. Did I say Charles Matthews yep. twice or did I say Charles Bassey? Anyways, sorry. That's bad. But we're starting <laughs> with Charles Bassey. That's who we're going with. Freshman big from Western Kentucky. Six foot ten and a half, measured at the hoop summit last year, seven three wingspan, nine two and a half standing reach, two hundred forty five pounds. And based on his listed date of birth, will be 18.6 at the time of the draft. And there is some sort of question about the legitimacy of that birth uh, with him being from Nigeria and all, all that sort of stuff. But that's uh, we can get into that discussion a little bit later. But just for a scouting report, we can start with the offense with him. He's a pretty proficient offensive player right now at the college level, uh, able to score on the interior, both with soft touch, power finishes, using strength to finish below the rim. Very strong player overall. Has some above the rim finishing with power finishes off too, but does need a bit of load time. Struggles to build explosion through contact at times. Um, his bulk and size does cl- help him clear out space. He can establish post position really early, especially against some thinner college bigs. Doesn't really project as a high-end lob threat due to the lack of vertical pop, but has strong finishing ability. Otherwise, um, I think he could add some explosion by trimming baby fat maybe. Uh, he does look to be like a guy who could have some potential for athletic improvement, but you get, get him some acceleration. He can run and transition a little bit, even though he does look a bit slow at times. But when he puts his mind to it, he runs the floor pretty well. What, what's your take on his scout, like scouting him near the basket as a scorer, all that? Yeah, well, um, I think there's some like criticism about his hands. And uh, yeah, at times he kind of struggles to catch the ball, maybe like uh, get, like with tough, tougher passes, like really fast passes and stuff like that. But I think... Uh, He's pretty good at once he catches the ball quickly, gathering it and, uh, you know, putting his body in a position to uh, finish or attack the rim. He's not super explosive off his feet, but with his size, uh, you know, he's obviously a pretty capable finisher around the basket. Um, I forgot I was going to look up his dunks, but, uh, you know, in conference USA, he's had a lot of, uh, you know, big finishes like dunks and, uh, you know, uh, at basket finishes, def- uh, definitely, you know, the size of the conference is advantageous for him. There's not a lot of uh, centers that can match up with him size-wise. And uh, he's really dominated the rebounds. So that's uh, definitely a big strength for him as well on both ends, mm-hmm. uh, you know, offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, uh, something he really does well. So um, 
Uh, yeah, around the basket, I think he's right. Uh, I, I don't think he's like as explosive as like uh, some of the top, uh, you know, kind of role man finishers in this class, like a Bruno Fernando or a Daniel Gafford or Jackson Hayes. We talked about this a bit. But he's not that type of like high level big man athlete, but I think he's fine enough. Him and uh, Nimeus Queda from Utah State, I think, are comparable athletically. And, uh, you know, overall, even uh, they have some. Uh, comparisons you can make between those two but uh you know uh considering the age uh i i definitely think bassi is uh uh very interesting in that sense uh when you combine also with uh some of the shooting touch uh sh- should we get into the perimeter game or do you want to talk more about the interior offense yeah i was just gonna say i brought up the stats on uh, bart torvik he's at 79.4 percent shooting at the rim that's elite elite especially you know like you said a lot of that coming in conference usa play where he's just been able to completely beat up on those smaller centers. I watched against Marshall, who has, you know, 195 pound Jansen Williams playing center. And Bassey was, I mean, there's nothing that a guy like that can do against Bassey. I mean, uh, 38 for 42 on dunks, too. So it's really gotten those dunk numbers up. But yeah, we can go on to the, the perimeter offense. This is where I think Bassey really has some unique appeal just because he's, he's really coordinated. He's got promising face up game. Uh, I think he's got pretty projectable shooting mechanics. Uh, catches high in his shooting pocket, pretty quick release there. Not like the most fluid or aesthetic shot, but certainly has really good touch, I think. Really soft touch in the mid-range and on free throws. Shooting really well on free throws this year is over 75%, I think right around 76% this year, which for an 18-year-old big man is like amazing, like really good. That's close yeah, to what like Paul Anthony Towns was doing at Kentucky his freshman year, who obviously has developed into a great shooter at the NBA level. Um, he'll show some coordination putting the ball on the floor too, uh, off fakes and rip throughs. Has a couple times like pump fake, rip through, get to the rim. Uh, we'll show some quickness when he gets open space, not super fast most of the time. But I think with his touch and coordination, it's not impossible to envision him having some pull up shooting in time. Uh, on Synergy, he has five possessions of off the dribble jumpers. And I went back and watched all those. I think he's two for five on those. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's he's shown some intrigue with that already. And again, it's not like it looks super fluid or it's amazing or anything, but you could see it becoming functional in time just with the, the coordination he has, the touch he has, the functionality of his shot. I think there's a chance he has some some pretty high-end perimeter creation for uh, such a you know large big man type who's so, such a good finisher around the rim. What kind of pull-ups were they? Was it like an elbow face-up type situation? He could like pump fake, could take a dribble to left or right or whatever and uh, pull up? Um, yeah, there's a couple where you catch like at the top of the three-point line even in take a couple dribbles in and pull up. Um, mm-hmm. I have I have a couple of videos I'm going to tweet out with the podcast that I, I saved uh, of his pull-up shooting. It's, it's pretty interesting stuff. Like, again, doesn't look that fluid, doesn't look great, but it's it works and it's not – it doesn't look horrible. It's it's a type of thing where you could see it being refined because he is pretty coordinated for a guy his size. Like, you don't get a lot of guys with, you know, near 9'3", standing reach, two, near 250 pounds who are that nimble like he is. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, you talked about a little bit of running the floor. I think he's, uh, at least uh, when you're going towards the offensive end, he uh, runs the floor pretty fast, uh, gets down the middle. Uh, I think in synergy, he's like 10 out of 12 is uh, first man down the middle, which is like the big man transition thing for synergy. Like uh, when big men, you know, kind of uh, beat their guy down court, that's the possession they market under. So, uh, yeah, he does pretty well in, in that regard uh, as well. So he does have some like uh, – athletic mobility traits that are now like he's not like a total stiff uh mobility wise because we'll talk about on the defensive end he definitely has downfall downfalls as far as uh agility and stuff like that but um 
you know, he's not a total, definitely not far from a total stiff. And I am a Bassey optimist, especially when it comes to the shooting. Uh, we, of course, we know that he reclassified before this year. You know, he was originally 2019 high school prospect. So for next year, he would have been a freshman. Um, that kind of explains his young age. But, um, uh, yeah, in, uh, so he played AU this, uh, last season in the 2018 spring and summer. And, uh, and he's had like several pull-ups in AU. I remember in one game against Compton Magic, he had like two pull-ups back to back, like kind of facing up from, um, not quite the three-point line, but like between the free throw line and the three-point line and, uh, taking like one or two dribbles and, uh, uh, pulling up. I think one of them might have been even a pick and roll. I'm not 100% sure about that, but it was like, you know, like a pick and single dribble pull up. So it wasn't like a big deal. Like it wasn't like he was running a pick and roll, like, you know, really like driving around and uh, crossing people over. But, you know, still fairly impressive again for his size. And, uh, yeah, I'm a pretty, so that makes me like a pretty big believer in his shooting and, um, you know, ability to eventually, you know, be a capable kind of pick and pop threat, you know, catch in the corner and, uh, hit a three. And uh, in high school, even uh, some sometimes people criticized his um, uh, like later in his career. This wasn't really the case, but like early on when he was a sophomore, junior, people kind of criticized him for uh, you know kind of spending too much time at the elbows and uh, you know at the top of the key and kind of settling for jump shots. I remember there was a game he played DeAndre Aiden and Aiden's senior season, and Aiden was like, "I was telling him to go inside and post me up. I was trying to help him out, but he kept taking those elbow shots." Uh, uh, so yeah, um, you know, he, he does have that capability. He's now like, I think there's some like, um, or like, uh, the opinion around him is that like, he's like mostly strictly like a traditional inside big man, but he definitely has a perimeter skill and he's had perimeter skill, uh, throughout his career to this point, you know, it's not like, uh, out of nowhere or something where like, he's just, it's like a fluke or something. So, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely part of his game on the offensive end. That's promising. And, uh, also in AAU, going back, he he was really really excellent that last season in 2018 AAU, uh, and one of the things he really showed that uh, made me much higher on him coming into the season was the passing. And uh, he had a couple of games where I think he had, like marked on the box score for like five six assists. But in the Adidas uh, circuit, the stat tracking was really bad, particularly last year. And uh, if you have five or six assists, that's like 12 assists, like honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, I remember I watched the Zion game where he had three assists and I counted and it was like seven or eight. So, um, uh, you know, uh, definitely um, uh, the passing was pretty impressive, particularly like hitting cutters from the elbow, uh, you know, fi- finding guys, uh, you know, uh, going back door and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, uh, going against double teams. Now, at Western Kentucky, he's definitely struggled with assist to turnover ratio and, uh, you know, turning the ball over in general. But I do think the Western Kentucky spacing and, uh, you know, uh, Rick Stansbury, not the most greatest X's and O's guys. And, uh, you know, the spacing there has been really problematic this year. You know, Bearden missed a lot of the season. Josh Anderson, really not a great shooter, you know. Uh, so, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Banton also struggles as a shooter a lot. So, uh, a lot of possessions where it's really, really, um, congested in the lane and it, he's, and even if he kicks it out and finds the open guy, it doesn't really lead to the assist that it would, uh, you know, in the team with better shooting. So, um, yeah, I do think, uh, his passing is uh, a little bit better probably than, uh, his, uh, you know, assist numbers and his turnover numbers may indicate. Yeah, definitely. I was uh, going to bring up the, the playmaking next and, that's you mostly covered. I he does he'll show some like really nice passes. Like there was one in the Wisconsin game. He had this like pass behind his head to a cutter where it was like he wasn't even looking and it was like whoa where did that come from? Like he he'll do some really impressive stuff and 
some of the coordination that we talked about with the perimeter game, the face-up game, uh, the handling upside that he'll show. You maybe see him functioning as a you know passing hub from the perimeter, sort of. Again, the, the numbers right now are very promising, but he did do that in AAU. As you said, it's good to have that insight into what he, he looked like, especially even last summer, um, getting a lot of assists in that sort of role. So, like you said, does have trouble anticipating the defense at times, will make some boneheaded plays, but for a guy his age, he's probably better than average, at least from the center spot. So just overall in the offense, before we wrap up and go to defense, I'd say, you know, the, the offensive upside for him is pretty high considering he has, you know, the promising skill, skill game, the face-up coordination ability, but he's really going to have to add that decision-making ability, becoming a more cerebral passer and probably add some athleticism or add explosiveness to really reach his ceiling because, you know, right now he's already really strong with the ball, plays that bruising style near the rim, great finisher against smaller competition, finishes through contact. But you really want to see him add some more vertical spacing, maybe as a pick and roll finisher. But I, I do think he shoots down the road. I do think he's going to be, uh, you know, a pretty skilled guy for a guy his size. Um, there are still some improvements to be made, but, for, you know, for an 18-year-old, his measurables, the offensive, the offensive game is pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, that free throw percentage is very uh, encouraging, and uh, he doesn't have a huge amount of three-point attempts, but again, in the past, he has shot threes, and it's just, like, not really part of his role, the three-point attempts, and, uh, you know, he does have a good amount of attempts from, like, elbow and, like, uh, longer mid-range, like, 17, 18 feet. I, didn't, I should have checked on Synergy how many exactly, but, uh, you know, he has a d- decent amount, and, uh, you know, again, in the past, he's had some, so uh, definitely c- considering all that, I think it's fairly promising for his age, the shooting, I do think it will, you know, more likely than not coming around. Of course, it's always a question of risk, and you could say that for pretty much every player, uh, you know, how, like, the shooting is kind of the X factor, like, how good will they shoot? So, uh, but in his case, I am fairly optimistic about it, and I think that would be, like, a big boom to his offense. I don't think otherwise he's, like, really a huge standout in any one particular way. Like, he's not an amazing passer. He's not an amazing finisher. He's not an amazing role man. Not, an, uh, like, a guy that you want to post up in the NBA all the time or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, but he doesn't have any real huge, uh, like, weaknesses offensively either, I'd say, as a center prospect, obviously. Obviously, he's not going to, like, run point for you or anything like that. But uh, what's it called? Yeah, so I'm relatively optimistic. Again, uh, I hate to keep bringing this up, but I'm operating under the premise that his age is correct. Uh, You know, there's not, like, serious evidence out there. So I think it would be, like, kind of wrong morally even to, like, assume that, Mm -hmm. you know, just based off some – sparse rumors that his age is wrong so i'm operating under the premise that it is correct and uh with that in mind i think uh you know the shooting uh being as promising as it is uh makes him a fairly interesting uh center prospect offensively yeah so synergy he is 10 of 26 on jump shots this year but most of those are from three so he's 27 points on 26 possessions puts him in the 72nd percentile so definitely good results not not much inside the three-point line in terms of jump shots if you take out because he's I think nine of 18 from three so just one of eight inside the three-point line but just anecdotally watching him uh, I do believe in the touch and the mechanics I think are projectable uh, for what little you know (laughs) shot doctor evaluation ability I have Um, I I do I do believe in his shooting I think that that's kind of the big thing for him but we can move on to the defense talking uh, on ball on D just in terms of like post defense and perimeter defense on ball stuff so early on in the season, he had some post-defense technique issues, uh, especially against Saga Bukinate in West Virginia game. That was not a good look for him in, in post-defense, but he really morphed into a monster pretty quickly in terms of using his strength and length just to overpower guys. I mean, against Ethan Happ and Daniel Gafford, those two matchups, 
he just suffocated both those guys. Uh, really good utilizing his length all over the floor on D, really. That's probably the biggest strength for him is uh, that wingspan. Can overwhelm guys in the post. Uh, in, in dropper ice coverage in the pick and roll, keeps his arms up, and that's really what saves him because he doesn't move all that well. Uh, on drives, can absorb contact with his frame. Uh, even from bigs, like Hap would try to face him up and drive him, and he Hap just couldn't dislodge him at all because he's so he's so strong. Um, lack, again, lacks quickness sliding on the perimeter. Um, pick and roll coverage at the NBA level is definitely you're going to want to drop him back. You I mean there's just not much else that you can do. Uh, maybe has some upside there if he can shed some weight and improve his technique, but uh, again, you, it's it's already not that good in terms of mobility. Uh, the length does help some in certain coverages, but again, as guys get bigger, that length is going to be less impactful. Um, he again, like the length, the length is really the thing for him, but the the strength is there too, and. He's, I think, he, like right now in terms of post defense, he's one of the best post defenders in in all of college basketball, especially for his age. Oh yeah, yeah, his post defense is absolutely excellent. And uh, uh, the other day, I was looking through the synergy, you know, man defense numbers, like who allows the least points per possession on their man. And uh, you know, Bassey was like one of the leaders at that, and that's ex- especially impressive because usually the leaders will be point guards because you know they're guarding guys that are you know run a lot of like pick and roll iso sets and uh, you know pass the ball a lot, so they force more turnovers, quote unquote. Uh, but uh, so big men will usually be lower on that end. But he was like super amazing in that. So. But that was definitely, yeah, his post defense is definitely really impressive. You know, whether, whether it was his half, who else did he face? He faced several. Oh, yeah, Gafford. He absolutely outplayed Gafford in that game. Uh, Gafford was solid, but uh, I definitely uh, thought Bassey looked better in uh, that matchup as well. And, uh, yeah, half, he looked, that was like one of his better games of the season. So, um, oh, yeah, that, definitely. That game uh, against Wisconsin, his, he, was, he was incredible against Wisconsin. That's, like, easily the best game. Like, he was unbelievable in that game. He completely destroyed Ethan Happ on both ends like he he looked like a lottery pick in that game honestly like if if you're taking out of like the value of centers and positional value and everything he he was a lottery pick against wisconsin he was incredible in that game yeah yeah i mean i'll even say like top you know like seven guy if you're just going by that game but uh What's called? Uh, yeah, um, I think uh, the, the interior defense is quite good overall. Like he's, uh, you know, um, fairly disciplined. Uh, uses his length while contests. Um, bother shots um not amazing like hand placement uh and the, but he isn't like overly jumpy and uh usually stays down on pump fakes especially you know considering his age uh but uh really the big problem for him uh would be like his uh perimeter d and uh you know getting out and moving uh you know he has some problems i think with his hips uh, or something uh, definitely has like a strange gait and uh, mm-hmm. way of moving and, uh, you know, if, uh, even he himself kind of realizes this, I feel like. And, uh, you know, you could tell the guy really just would rather stay in the paint and the block shots and rebound. You know, he kind of uh, at times when, you know, there's a pick and pop situation or his man is outside or it's his rotation to get out outside, he'll kind of hesitate to leave the paint or uh, really get out to his guy. He kind of reminds me as far as his uh, movement uh, of Thomas Bryant. I think Bryant was even, like, more unappealing as far as his uh uh, like, um, you know, ability to flip his hips and, uh, you know, uh, get down in his stance and stuff. But, uh, you know, Brian has made some pretty good improvements, but uh, still uh, overall struggles being, you know, containing pick and rolls and being the primary help defender at the NBA level. Uh, I remember somebody recently put up a clip. Uh, oh, I believe it was our buddy Polarfall put up a clip of Bryant where he looked really out of place trying to defend pick and roll uh, for the Wizards. So, uh, yeah, I do think uh, Bassey maybe not quite as bad as Bryant, but, uh, 
you know, definitely probably will be a big downfall for him considering the way the NBA is nowadays with, uh, you know, so many pick and rolls and, you know, top, uh, uh, you know, elite players in the NBA are all great pull-up shooters out of the pick and roll. So, um, yeah, that's going to be – that's kind of like his big downfall. And uh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, well, here, I'll let you get in. Go ahead. Well, do you, what do you want to add? Yeah, no, that that pretty much covers it, I think, like in terms of – on-ball stuff, the the pick-and-roll is just going to be the big issue for him. You're going to have to drop him back, I think, just with, like you said, he just can't can't open his hips that well. Can't just does not slide laterally well. I mean, there's been times where he's just gotten on an island in his length. He he kind of survives, but he he really just doesn't slide that well, and it's it's kind of kind of the downfall for him, and in terms of defense. But do you have anything else on ball before we go to the off-ball stuff? Uh, well, I mean, this is kind of, I guess, on ball, off ball. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was gonna add some more about the just the pick and roll containing because uh, I've spoken, uh, I've spoken about Marquez Bolden and his improvements in pick and roll coverage. Uh, you know, uh, definitely has made some huge strides since his freshman year and uh, this year, and uh, especially in the last few Duke games. I saw. I still haven't watched the North Carolina game, but uh, the last few Duke games I saw, he's been absolutely excellent uh, in that sense. Uh, but the thing is with Marcus Bolden, excuse me, uh, is uh, what's it called? He was able to get in the stance, and uh, he had good flexibility and uh, kind of, uh, you know, ability to get in the stance basically in the pick and roll. Even when he was a freshman, he just had problems with footwork and uh, problems with positioning and stuff like that and the anticipation. So that's kind of stuff you could improve. But, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bassey is much, you know, lacks really flexibility and much stiffer than Bolden. So I'm kind of more skeptical about his ability to improve as much as Bolden has in, uh, you know, containing pick and roll and, uh, you know, moving his feet and stuff. Yeah, no, I can definitely understand that in terms of just, like, the lack of flexibility. And, you know, even if he's, his technique improves, you just don't see much quickness sliding. Um, in terms of off-ball or, like, rim protection type stuff, he's still kind of learning all that. Like, he kind of struggles to balance the, the dual responsibility of protecting the rim and boxing out his man. You'll see him kind of get caught up on that. Usually he'll choose to stick to the box out, and that sometimes leads to him giving up open lanes at the rim. He won't step over to contest, or he won't sell out for a contest, and it, he, he won't stop ball because he's too focused on making sure his man doesn't give up the offensive rebound. Um, at times, you know, he'll make that correct rotation, and blocking shots, his timing's pretty good. His length is obviously really impactful, but definitely still a work in progress. Uh, struggles to finish plays sometimes too, but really strong rebounder in traffic with his length and strength. Does a good job of finding a man to put a body on, but definitely is going to have a kind of a learning curve adjusting to NBA defense where, you know, learning how to defend pick and rolls, rotating on the fly, especially with some of his uh, speed limitations. It, it's going to be probably a process for him learning the game defensively at the next level. Yeah, definitely. I do think he has some moments where he'll like make some really impressive plays, like make a quick decision to kind of anticipate. Uh, particularly, I remember a few plays, I believe against, uh, was it Washington or West Virginia? I'm not sure, early in the year. I think it was Washington where he uh, kind of uh, anticipated that the guy was going to dump it off to the dunker spot and uh, he kind of jumped the passing lane uh, as, you know, from help position. But definitely, yeah, rebounding is a big focus for him. I think that's kind of, uh, you know, his uh, – 
persona as a player, kind of a style, like that's like really important to him to be, you know, have a high amount of rebounds. I'm sure after every game he checks the box score and, you know, he wants to see that he has 10, 11 rebounds, whatever. So, yeah, like you said, uh, that was a great point, and I definitely agree that he would rather stick with his man and kind of get the box out uh, uh, as much, uh, more so than, uh, you know, going for the shot blocking, which I think, in my opinion, is a more valuable skill and trait. And, uh, you know, re- rebounding as a big man is – you know, not useless by any means, but I think it's probably like the least valuable uh, type of a big man defense, you know, in comparison to guys that are able to kind of switch and move their feet or guys that are great rim protectors. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him uh, become a better shot blocker. But, uh, you know, looking at his numbers, uh, uh, I just I looked it up right now. Is uh, Guys with one and a half steal percentage, eight block percentage, uh, 10 offensive rebound percentage, and uh, at least 110 free throw attempts because, uh, you know, he has 115, I believe, but the, the season is even over yet. But uh, this is in uh, sports reference the last decade. Uh, so it was only guys like, you know, obviously Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, but also like Mo Bamba was there. Who else was there? Uh, uh, like Javon McCray. Oh, Zach Collins was there. So uh, those type of guys, like pretty good, uh, you know, lottery type centers, you know, except McCray, who's like a 6'6", I believe, you know, obviously mm-hmm. Bassie is 6'11". So, um, you know, uh, his numbers are definitely impressive in that sense, like the, you know, traditional big man statistical indicators are definitely in his favor. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I do think Bassie is getting overlooked a bit overall. But, uh, yeah, we could get into the general projection. But uh, do you want to say anything else about the defense? No, I think I think that mostly covers. So, yeah, like you said with the general projection, in terms of the, like you're just looking at him on the stat page, he looks like a really high-end prospect, like a guy who's you know, definitely top 20 guy, maybe even lottery, uh, accounting for age and everything. And, you know, the tools and skill level definitely give him a high floor. I think he's almost certainly going to be a viable rotation center during the regular season, uh, even if it might take him a bit of time to adjust to NBA defense. Um, Long term, I think he even has some starter upside on the low end if his offense really comes around uh, toward its ceiling and he can make some physical improvements on defense or finds a team that's willing to drop him back in the pick and roll. But it's just hard to see him contributing at a high level um, you know, where switchability is valued in the playoffs, that type of thing. He's really just sort of that old style of center, much more than the new age mold. If his age is correct, uh, and we're operating under that presumption, like you said, I think is, that's the right thing to do. Um, I wouldn't hate using a late first round pick on him. Uh, I can understand, you know, the argument against drafting a center with that late first round pick. But if you want to go get a guy who can have some offensive upside and who can probably play right away for you, uh, you know, he can do that. It's just that he doesn't, probably have that you know upper tier high-end center upside that you can really build around and you know is that worth building a first round pick that's sort of the the question with him but i he is a guy who i think almost certainly is a, a an nba player for a long time and is you know a, a, a good one at least uh you know ro- rotationally yeah i think i'm a little bit higher in his upside but uh yeah mostly i agree with you and uh yeah i think uh that's kind of like the problem like this like you said statistically he's definitely impressive and not even from like uh you know, traditional, like, productivity standpoint, but even from, like, a more, like, uh, you know, analytical standpoint, like I said, the block steals, you know, free throw rate, offensive rebound percentage, things like that, he's all done really well. So I, I think a lot of, like, if a stat model ran him, he would be uh, pretty, he would do pretty well, maybe even, like, top 10 in the class or something like that. I'm not sure exactly, but, uh, you know, uh, he's definitely impressive in that sense. But the problem with statistics, one of the big downfall of stats that we still haven't been able to kind of uh, – grasp and figure out exactly how to measure it 
is uh, the ability to uh, move your feet and uh, switch out in space. And uh, that's something that's a really important skill, like you said, in the modern NBA, uh, for bigs especially. So uh, guys that are, you know, kind of uh, able to get by without that at the college level because there's not as many pull-up shooters and there's not as much spacing uh, tend to do really well in models but are not as good prospects. Kind of uh, models have that one of the weaknesses of models and stats in general is that particular uh, skill set. So, you know, a guy like Odoko Zabuki or Caleb Wesson is another example. You know, I don't think Bassey is as quite a lost cause as those two uh, as far as, like, you know, uh, moving his feet on the perimeter. But, uh, you know, definitely a question. You know, Wendell Carter is another guy who, you know, probably better, more mobile than uh, Bassey, but, uh, you know, had some questions about that last year and, uh, you know, did really well statistically. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- that part of his game, you know, there's no real stat to measure that. I've kind of thought about stats that you could use to measure that. For example, uh, uh, on synergy pick-and-roll roll man coverages. So, if, uh, you know, teams are constantly putting you in pick-and-rolls and, and uh, you're giving up a lot of uh, opportunities to guys rolling to the rim, you're probably not very good at uh, moving your feet. But there's some downfalls to that also because uh, it uh, depends a lot on, you know, if you're playing for a team that traps, obviously you're going to give up more rolls and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I've, uh, there there's some, um, you know, uh, hopefully progress that uh, people will make uh, in measuring that ability statistically. But um, for now, that's definitely downfall stats and uh, kind of Bassey's uh, big question in the NBA. But at the same time, I do think uh, going back to his offense, the shooting is something that people are kind of not giving him enough credit for. And, uh, again, with uh, his combination of age and free throw percentage, it's hard uh, to not see him uh, being at least, you know, somewhat of a threat as a pick and pop and stuff like that. And, uh, again, he's a little bit better of a passer than uh, his stats may show. So uh, in that sense, I do think he's getting somewhat underrated that he's not going to be just, uh, you know, uh, some, you know, not too athletic inside put back guy or something like that, that he's actually going to be able to shoot the ball and, uh, you know, uh, make decisions out of short rolls and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I think the offensive upside is really what you're buying into. And then you're hoping that he can contribute enough defensively through rebounding, post-defense being big and that he finds a way to, you know, survive in those pick-and-roll coverages. It'll depend on, you know, what kind of team he goes to and what what sort of way they're going to play pick-and-rolls. But, uh, it, yeah, do you have anything else on him before we move on to our next guy? No, I think that's all. I'm not exactly sure where I have him working on my big board right now, and he's definitely one of the guys that I'm not, you know, I have a pretty big range uh, for him. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm a Bassey optimist definitely in general. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I have definitely come around him, on him a lot more, just watching him more, uh, adding up all the points and everything. But uh, we can go into Admiral Schofield, uh, senior wing from Tennessee, six foot six, listed 241 pounds, going to be 22.2 at the draft. So his, his offensive game is really more like a shot maker more than anything else. Uh, at the college level, you know, he's pretty good there. Tennessee runs a ton of curls for him where he'll – you know, come up to the slightly above the free throw line or out to the three point line. Um, pretty good shooter out of those settings. Uh, you know, sets his feet pretty quickly. Pretty tight mechanics. Elbow stays in. Um, gets gets a shot off quickly and has some pull up game too. Um, some touch in the mid range area, shooting over the top, uh, finishing floaters. That's kind of his game. Is you know hitting those shots. Obviously, plenty of spot ups too. Um, solid post game as well uh, in terms of self creation able to overpower and shoot over smaller guards or kind of blow past lumbering bigs in the post. Um, we use his extension and strength at the rim at times, which is good to see as a finisher, but uh, not really high-level handle or anything like that. Doesn't really 
have a lot of burst or explosion. Uh, like Tennessee tried to run a, there was one game, I don't remember which game it was, but they were trying to run, I think it was maybe South Carolina. They tried to run a couple like backdoor lob plays for him and he couldn't get up for dunks on either of the plays. He had to like bring the ball down and then he would end up maybe hitting a layup or passing it back out or something. He just doesn't really have that high end athleticism on offense and nothing much more than a straight line handle. So you're looking at him mostly as like a, like maybe like a maybe post up in the NBA. I'm not super confident in that, but mostly just like a stationary shot maker, um, some movement shooting and um, potentially a little bit of a straight line driving, straight line pull up game, but uh, mostly just a shot maker more than anything. Yeah, I mean uh, his uh, like kind of skill set and uh, body type and all that is really a great fit for Barnes's Rick Barnes's offense. Barnes always loved those types of guys. Uh, I remember he had PG Tucker, Damian James in Texas. Uh, just uh, yeah, like you said, getting guys off of pin downs at the free throw line, and uh, you know Schofield loves that free throw shot. That's what he wants. He doesn't want a layup. He wants that shot. So uh, you know you kind of kind of got to force him to drive or put it on the floor, and uh, you know. To, uh, push him off that uh, mid-range jumper, which is kind of unusual, in, uh, especially in this day and age. So uh, that's kind of, uh, I guess, like where he wins along, of course, with his strengths and just creating separation by bumping guys off, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, so, but yeah, watching these games for preparation for this, it really uh, accentuated how unathletic he is. And uh, just, you know, he's had some explosive plays in the past, just again with the how great his body and physique is, but uh, in a more functional way, you know, outside of like maybe open court stuff or stuff where he really is able to generate some momentum going downhill or something like that, he really struggles to like beating guys off the dribble and then uh, finishing at the rim in the, was it the, I believe in the Vanderbilt game or was it Kentucky? That's the two games I watched, their two last games. Um, he was where he came out in transition. Yeah, it was Vanderbilt. He got the steal, but uh, he went out in transition and, uh, you know, one-on-one, first of all, the guy basically caught up to him uh, while being behind him in the beginning of the play. And then uh, Schofield just wasn't expo- able to explode off one and, like, missed a pretty much wide-open layup just, you know, because he doesn't have that quick uh, explosion. And, uh, you know, uh, horizontally and vertically, that's kind of the case for him. And uh, really limiting uh, him to be- being really uh, mostly a jump shooter. And um, uh, if you're mostly a jump shooter, you have to be a really, really great jump mm-hmm. shooter. And I wouldn't say Schofield is particularly that. So, uh, you know, uh, doing this uh, and uh, in comparison with Pascal and the uh, Matthews and Davis, it's really made me cool down on Schofield even further. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, we could talk more about that. But uh, yes. uh, what do you want to go into? Yeah, uh, that's exactly how I felt. Um, when you talk about passing, playmaking a little bit, um, he, he has improved as a passer this year. Before this season, he was a guy who uh, never really got assists and had more turnovers than assists past two years. Um, this year's gotten more assists and turnovers approved his assist numbers to 2.9 per 40, which isn't bad. Uh, not great, but shown some ability to pass over the top, but it's, I wouldn't say it's like really a skill for him at all. Uh, like, like I said earlier, his handles really limited, uh, loses the ball a lot when he puts it on the floor, doesn't really have advanced dribble moves, uh, really depends on his strength to get to his spots more than anything. Um, so yeah, like, like you were talking about, I think that you really offensively, he needs to become this really high level shooter. And, you know, he's, like I said, he's, he's a good shooter. He can make shots at the college level, but there's nothing really, you know, mechanics wise, numbers wise, volume wise, shot diversity wise. There's nothing that screams, you know, elite shooter about this guy, especially, you know, at like a, as like a six, five, six, six guy uh, with unremarkable size. Like he's fine shooting, but again, this isn't a guy who's going to be 
he's not the type of guy where his primary NBA offensive skill is shooting, and that's all he needs to have to be a valuable offensive player like this. He's really pretty limited offensively when you're looking at it from an NBA standpoint because you know he's a guy who's maybe going to shoot you know 36, 37%. That's what you're hoping for, but you're not getting some you know high level shooting threat who's going to be going 39% on you know nine attempts per 36 minutes or something like that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll talk more on the defensive end, but uh, with his size and, uh, you know, uh, he's fairly strong, but uh, I don't think he'll be able to play the four in the NBA, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of his ideal position. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're, like, using him as a two-guard, uh, you know, his offensive skill set becomes really disappointing and kind of yeah. problematic uh, for your team. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have anything else on offense before we go to the defense with him? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Just, uh, yeah, how disappointing I am. Disappointing I am with his athleticism. And, uh, yeah, like his free throw rate is like under 20, which oh, is like he does not really get to bad. The, yeah, for... he does not get to the line at yeah. all. Um, another bad, yeah. like, like from a statistics standpoint, he really does not stand out at all. Um, we can talk about that a little more. But um, defensively, yeah, I think the big thing for him defensively is he does play hard and he's physical. And that that's what draws a lot of, like sort of the uh, types of, you know, you watch a college game, the announcers talk about how great he is defensively, sort of that more like a mainstream evaluation of him is like, he's this really great defender because he, he's big and he's strong and he, he plays hard, but uh, you know, he, he is physical tracking guys through screens. His strength level is a plus, but again, I'm not sure how impactful it really is just because he's not really that quick sliding with the guys. And his length is a major limiting factor, especially against longer combo forward types. Like you said, uh, he does not have the size to play the four at the NBA level. If you thought he did, Go watch a Kentucky game from last Saturday, like I'm sure many of you listening did. And P.J. Washington absolutely ruined him in the post, finishing over him every single time. And, like, he, he wasn't even playing that physical on P.J. Like, P.J. was just – it wasn't like he was, you know, holding him back and getting good post position. P.J. was getting him pretty deep, just finishing over him every single time. Um, I honestly think he's probably going to be better off slimming down in order to improve his ability to slide. That's, like, the big hope for him is that maybe he becomes more of a wing in terms of mobility. Um Again, doesn't play lazy, he has a good motor, but with his physical profile and lack of high-end anticipation, doesn't really make a huge impact. And the the theory of him being this, like, switchable guy on bigs, like, he's been compared to P.J. Tucker before. Again, like, watch that Kentucky game and then tell me he's going to defend centers in the NBA. Like, there's there's just no way. He, just, he doesn't have the length. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to – in the next game against Vanderbilt, you know, Simi Shutu has had struggles this year, but uh, had no real issues finishing over the top of Schofield, at least uh, – in the first half, I don't think I saw. I saw some of the second half, but um, what's it called? I I am a little bit higher on his on-ball defense than you are, though. I think he has a really good technique and uh, you know gets in a wide stance, uh, short choppy steps, and stays with his guy fairly well. So I think in that sense, he's pretty good defender, like on-ball against like wings. You know, maybe like the top like wings, like the really quick guys, he might have some struggles with, or like the really like strong guys. But I think against like most uh, you know NBA wings, even at like starter level guys uh he should be more than fine you know uh uh executing like closeouts or like staying with them in iso or pick and roll stuff so uh, i do think he is a pretty good on-ball guy uh, i like that part of his game but that's again that's not a particularly valuable skill like on-ball defense doesn't bring a huge amount of value to winning uh you know teams uh, unless you're like an elite level like uh you know bruce uh, bruce bowen type defender or something or Kawhi type defender but uh otherwise you know Really, team defense is where you get your value. And uh, to go into his team defense, I think uh, he definitely had some impressive moments. Just kind of, uh, I remember against, uh, was it Kentucky? Uh, I keep forgetting which game this was. But uh, 
uh, he had a couple of plays with like the last line of defense and uh, mm-hmm. kind of anticipating where the alley-oop was going and uh, breaking that play up. But he also lose focus sometimes and kind of drift off and, uh, you know, get too deep in the paint, get caught ball watching. So, you know, the motor is definitely there. And like you talked about, like he's a great culture guy. You know, he's, uh, you, if you well, hear his interviews and the stuff he says is always the right thing. So from that sense, he's definitely like a, a positive addition to the locker room and stuff like that. So and that's not nothing. Don't like, I'm not like trying to downplay that, but, uh, you know, uh, outside of that, like, uh, you know, his, uh, defensive, like IQ and awareness is now like amazing. Like it's, uh, it's solid, but it's inconsistent and, uh, hit and miss also. And, uh, you know, uh, uh kind of gets beat by relocations on the three point a lot, kind of turning his back to the shooter mm-hmm. at times. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, but at the same time, he does have some nice awareness plays as well. I remember there was a play where he kind of read Simi Shutu's eyes uh, playing on the weak side with Shutu in the post and, uh, you know, uh, uh, jumped the passing lane. That was the layup, by the way, where he couldn't finish it then. But, uh, you know, he does have some nice moments as a team defender, but I wouldn't call him, like, a super high-level, you know, team defender. And then uh, as a rim protector, again, going back to the lack of explosiveness and vertical uh, vertical leaping and uh, just uh, even besides his, um, you know, uh, besides his uh, great strength and physique, he's still not going to be a particularly effective uh, rim protector. I was actually going to ask, who do you think is the best? How would you rank these four guys as rim protectors? Oh, uh, out of the, the four wings? Yeah, the four wings were Matthews, Stearns, Davis, uh, Schofield, and Eric Pascal. Should I go Matthews, one, Pascal, two, Davis, three, Schofield, four? Yeah, I think uh, Schofield overall, in, in that sense, is the worst uh, prospect out of all four of these. Uh, uh, again, a little bit surprised by that going into it, but just uh, watching them more. Uh, it's, I've kind of realized more and more that he's just not as good of a prospect as maybe I've and others assumed uh, uh, throughout the season and going into the season. But, uh, yeah, I think Terrence Davis is getting a little bit shorter under the stick here. He's actually, I believe, has the best shot blocking percentage out of all four of these guys. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about more Davis in his section. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, well, where do you want to go with Schofield uh, with his defense? Yeah, no, I do agree with you. Like, he can slide with uh, most NBA wings just fine. Like, he's not bad there. It's just a, like... I don't think he really like stands out in any way. Like it's not like you're watching him. You're like, whoa, this guy's like DeAndre Hunter, and he's really sliding with guys. Like it, it's good, it's fine, but I mean, I just I don't see any like special traits with him on defense necessarily, other than I guess the physique. But I don't really know like how functional that is because he doesn't necessarily apply. Like you saw with like, PJ kind of pushing him fairly deep. Um, and whatever for his off ball stuff, pretty much agree with everything you're saying. But uh, like he's not really better than any other guy who's like a senior who's a starter at the NCAA level. Like most guys who've played four years of NCAA can like make the same sorts of reads that he can. And you see that pop up in the numbers too, uh, like event creation wise, not really ever been a steals guy, um, never gotten that many blocks either. Like some of that's physical limitations too, but yeah, we can go to the projection overall. It's just, again, like there's stuff to like about him on both ends. You know, he plays hard, he's physical, he hits shots, but it's really hard to see much of what he does, you know, translating to the next level, being valuable and, like you said, no, he has a reputation as an A-plus person, worker, teammate. You know, you only hear great stuff about him. All that will help him throughout the pre-draft process, and that stuff does matter. Uh, you know, when you're building a locker room, you look for guys like that. Um, and I think if he makes, like, super huge improvements to his handle and his shot making, like, really translates to a high level, you know, he could be a guy who sticks around as, as like, a shot maker who, you know, has the physical tools to be, you know, get by on defense, guard guys. But, again, it's really hard to bet on that level of him offensive development with a guy who's 22. 
um, more of like a theoretical three and D type than an actually effective one. So you're really betting on him for the culture stuff, which, you know, again, teams will value that. And I do think he probably ends up on a roster because of that. Um, but I mean, I honestly don't think I would want to draft him. It's just, he does not encore value. There's just not enough potential there for seeing much of any sort of real contribution to winning in the NBA level outside of, you know, locker room stuff, but on the court, it's just, it's really hard to see what, what you're buying with him. And I, he's not a guy that I would really want to draft. Yeah, I'm not super high on Schofield at this point either. I will add that he has some uh, nice like moves out of uh, kind of like facing up from the high post, like elbow stuff and, uh, you know, two dribbles to the left and pull up or, uh, you know, some uh, nice uh, footwork with jab steps and uh, uh, kind of spins going reversed into the fadeaway and stuff like that. So he does have some uh, craft in that area that I don't know how exactly, again, well, that translates because uh, his role in the NBA, he's probably not going to get a lot of plays run for him in the mm-hmm. post and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it is uh, something uh, that he has and that uh, he's worked on and uh, kind of further shows his work ethic as well. Uh, but at the same time, he also kind of lacks craft at the rim. I wish he kind of uh, would at times uh, use his body more and kind of slow down, change speeds, um, you know, maybe uh, uh, throw in more Euro steps in there or, uh, you know, hop steps, jump steps, stuff like that. Uh, when attacking the rim, that could perhaps uh, help his game as a finisher, where, again, he's had a lot of struggles. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah, in that sense. But uh, overall, I definitely I, I agree with you overall. I, I will say I think his, te- his technique on ball and uh, his ability to execute it and stuff like that is pretty impressive. I'd say it's fairly special, but now, like, Overall, his on-ball defense is not uh, going to be super impactful, but it's still impressive to watch him move his feet and uh, you know stay with guys, get around with screens with his uh, strength and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, um, overall, I agree with you definitely about Schofield. Yeah, you ready to move on to Eric Pascal? Yeah, sure. Let's go to Pascal. All right. Yeah, Pascal, uh, redshirt senior, wing forward at Villanova, six seven and a half with a six ten wingspan. 255 pounds, going to be 22.6 at the draft. He's really young for a, a fifth-year senior. But um, go, starting with the offense, so kind of like him and Schofield are actually pretty similar players, but I just think he's basically the better version of Schofield. Um, again, like Schofield, uh, a shot maker more than anything else. Uh, takes a lot off the catch, but has really expanded his off-dribble repertoire quite a bit this year. Um, we'll get some stuff off movement, too, within Villanova's offense and uh, all the stuff that they run for the you know, five out type stuff um, has some mechanical issues. Um, a little bit of inward knee bend. He cocks the ball back over his forehead. Some kind of an un- unorthodox, un- uh, an unorthodox shot. Um, bit of a two motioner, but uh, you know does finish nice wrist, wrist snap at the height of his jump. But the biggest issue with his shot, and I think a big issue for him overall, is that he jumps so high on his shot that he has to time his like upper body correctly with it, or he gets short misses. Like you see so many short misses with him because he'll miss time. His jumps or his upper body and lower body will be out of sync. And that's why you don't like those shots where these guys are jumping way high in the air. Um, the him kick his feet out too, uh, which I mean, I, I just don't really like to see that. Like in terms of looking at a jump shot, like it's it, it a lot of shots fall for him, but it's just, it's when you, you have like a consistent mechanical issue that needs correction, you want to see that be fixed um, in terms of the short misses. But it, beyond the shooting, which, again, like he has a pull-up game to hit over contests, and with his high-rising ability, he can shoot over guys and you know has shown off-movement capabilities throughout his career at Villanova. Um, he can rip through and put the ball on the floor, too. Really athletic closing space to the rim. You know, talk about Schofield as a guy who's not athletic. 
Um, Pascal really has explosion for his size. If he gets an open lane, he's going to close the space to the rim and finish above the rim there uh, with a dunk, explosive pop too. Um, puts the ball on the floor too off those rip throughs, gets into his pull up quickly. He's even shown some like step back game this year. Like his shot creation has really progressed. Um, yeah. Fin- lacks really advanced dribble moves, I think, but uh, can really attack in a straight line. Uh, some strength based driving too, but again, not much of a skill guy with his handle. Uh, but not just in terms of shot creation, you do see him using like some. You can see him being used in some role man stuff because he has that explosion to finish as a dunker in smaller lineups, which is somewhat intriguing. But overall, like shot making is the the thing for him on offense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, his uh, shooting mechanics uh, remind me a little bit of uh, Wendell Wigginton. Uh, remember how Wigginton jumps like that in the air? And, like, oh yeah, yeah. His feet around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, his uh, dribble game kind of uh, not great either, to be honest. Like uh, he kind of like in a straight line, he's fast. Like he has a good first step, mm-hmm. and uh, when he could get into like kind of his hop step, and uh, you know uh, use that to kind of create momentum to get off too. Like you're not gonna stop him. Like he'll dunk on like a mm-hmm. seven five guy. Like he'll really explode off too. But off one, he's super awkward and like really slow getting off his feet. Like uh, there's a couple of plays in the game I watched against St. John's where uh, he beat a guy with his first step uh, in the you know point of attack. But um, uh, as he got to the rim to explode off one uh, and uh, you know finish, it just took him so long, like an extra moment that uh, the guy was able to recover and he got stripped like three or four times in that game and uh, plays just like that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of an issue with him just off one foot. He's not very good. And then uh, his ball handling is not something he's particularly comfortable with, again, except like straight line type stuff. But, uh, you know, changing directions, I haven't, I don't really see any crossover moves from him outside of like the step back stuff that he's kind of made some strides with. But, I mean, as far as uh, using like, uh, you know, spin moves or stuff like that or, uh, you know, uh, what do they call in and outs, uh, uh, hang dribbles to really like kind of uh, – uh, throw guys off balance and uh, get all the way to the rim is uh, not really a big thing with him. And then, uh, again, like, churning the corner, like, he, if he picks up his dribble and goes into his hot step and then, uh, you know, able to use that to get off too, he's great. But, uh, you know, if he has to keep the dribble alive and churn, it takes him a while. Like, he kind of uh, – because I feel like his body – I'm not polar fall here, so maybe mm-hmm. I'm, like, not exactly saying the right thing, but uh, – like, he kind of has, like, chicken legs, I feel like, or something like that. I don't know. But, it, like, because he's so wide, it's kind of hard for him to turn his hips with the dribble while keeping mm-hmm. the dribble alive and really turn the corner on guys. So, uh, yeah, definitely the ball, like, uh, you know, attacking off the dribble is kind of an issue for him, too. Uh, he's better than Pascal, I would say. Uh, better than Schofield, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's better than himself. But, um, uh, you know, and uh, I think Villanova uses uh, Pascal a little bit more in situations like, you know, cutting to the rim and uh you know he's more explosive off too like you said so uh you know he could finish above the rim like you said Schofield was uh unable to kind of complete those alley plays I think Pascal would be able to do that and uh you know I don't know exactly their offensive rebound percentage but I would guess Pascal is uh you know spending more time uh you know uh playing center and stuff like that Sch- uh, Schofield plays the four a good amount with Graham Williams but uh Pascal's you know Pascal really, like, uh, moved to the perimeter a lot this year like his his offensive rebound percentage is way down from where it's been in the past couple of years yeah, 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 no, for sure. This year he's playing a lot more three, and uh, using, they're using Cosby Roundtree, and even when Pascal is playing the five, they're kind of using him uh, as yeah, a wing, like they're playing five outs with him. They, they play stuff Samuels like that, but, um, inside a lot more than, than Pascal, too, even. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Samuel is not a great shooter, so uh, yeah, they use Samuel as kind of their old man, uh, kind of uh, you know, uh, allowing him to move around the ball. Since, I mean, moving without the ball, since uh, the opponents don't really defend him outside the three-point line, or even Bay in the post sometimes and stuff like that. They run some uh, back doors for Bay too, I believe. Uh, so um, yeah, you're you're right about that. But uh, yeah, I guess it would just be like Pascal's first step. Definitely is superior to Schofield, which allows him to get to the rim at a higher rate. But I wouldn't say his handle. I would. Who do you think has a better just pure handle? I think Schofield might be superior there, but I'm not 100% sure. I like Pascal better because uh, we can transition into the, the playmaking a little bit. I've seen some – it might have been the St. John's game. It might have been uh, the Georgetown game from recently too, but he'll do some fairly intriguing stuff with putting the ball on the floor. Like he had one pick and roll he ran that was really impressive. Um, like just like looked like a wing running pick and roll, which for him transitioning from sort of a combo big type, um, like passing over the top a little bit. But, like, the handle, again, like, not a huge edge for him over Schofield, but I do think he's he's a little bit better there. Like, he does have some moves, like, getting into step backs, that sort of stuff. Like, I, I just, I trust him applying it functionally a little bit more than I trust Schofield, but, again, it's not a huge gap. Um, but Pascal, I think the, the big weakness for him offensively overall is he's just not, I don't really trust his decision-making. And it's not just passing, but it's a lot of the shots he takes. Like, he'll force some really bad long twos early in the clock. And it's not really like the Villanova style. And I think Villanova sort of has this reputation of producing these like really high IQ, high field guys. And Pascal's kind of benefiting from that, or at least like, you know, going into the season when he was getting put at like the end of the lottery or something like he was benefiting from that. And I think like the big thing about him is he's just not really that type of guy on either end. Like he's, he's not like an idiot. Like he makes a ton of bad plays. It's just like, he's never really been this, this like super high end field guy. It's just not really his game. And I think that that's kind of the big weakness for him is that he's never really been like that great of a decision maker. Yeah, he has good vision, like you said. Like he'll have some pretty impressive drawn kicks. Well, he'll read the defense and uh, you know find the guy on the weak side or like even behind them and stuff like that or to his uh, right, but kind of behind them. But um, uh, yeah, uh, I do agree with that. But I think Schofield has that issue too. Like both of them obviously are the top scorers on their team, and they're kind of expected to play a high usage role. So uh, you know, if their team want anybody taking kind of a tough, you know, a long two, they're kind of the guys on their team to do that. So to that extent, it's somewhat excusable. But definitely, uh, you know, you'd like to see him uh, make the extra pass a lot more than they do. But I would say that's kind of the issue for both of them. I'm not sure Pascal is far worse there, but uh, I think Pascal's decision-making is a little bit worse overall just because he'll mm-hmm. make some out-of-control passes and kind of, uh, you know, be sloppy at times more so than Schofield. But uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, taking bad shots, I think Schofield has that issue too where there's uh, several plays I remember where he could have had the, kind of the opportunity to make the extra pass and keep the ball moving, which, you know, is, again, another thing that has kind of really uh, popped to me as I've been watching these guys this past week is uh, the importance of doing that, making the extra pass, keeping ball moving with mm-hmm. a life, not, uh, you know, having the ball stick to your hands. Even if the guy's not completely open or, like, you're not going to necessarily get the assist or the guy's not going to be able to do much with the ball, just keep the ball moving, you know, keep it moving, keep it moving, and, uh, you know, keep the defense in rotation. So, um, so uh, uh, yeah, I think both of them kind of have that issue. And uh, Pascal, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, just both of them kind of take some uh, ill-advised shots. Yeah, so, like, overall on offense, um, the shot making and the the power driving game is is what you really have for him, and I think that the big difference between him and Schofield is that you can project him to attack closeouts uh, with that rip through ability, ability to you know take straight lines of the rim, especially you know uh, given that NBA space, you could really you know close space to the rim quickly, 
uh, which which helps. But you want to see some better decision making on the move, especially if he's driving a little bit better driving kick vision. Um, you know, does have some intrigue as a roll man too, but is definitely more of like a, a fourth, fifth, fifth, fourth or fifth option type overall, and is going to really you want to see him kind of iron out those uh, mechanical issues to get that jump shot being more consistent overall. But I, I do think offensively. Um, I, I do I do believe in him as like a, a shot maker type more than I would buy Schofield just because he's bigger and um, I think his handle's a little bit better. Like I said, and the, the athleticism and size is really kind of the big difference there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so on to the defense for Pascal. On ball, I think, is where he's going to bring most of his value as a guy who can really switch on the fly thanks to his size, his frame, ability to slide with guards. Villanova already, like, switches – just about everything. So you see him guarding pretty much everyone at the college level. Um, you know, he gets beat at times just like anyone, but he's legitimately quick when he sits down, you know, used to playing that switchy environment uh, a bit too handy at times and probably lacks the length to play the five much at the NBA level, even in a small ball role. But, you know, in switch situations, you can see him holding up against bigs and he's you know, as versatile, I think as almost anyone in this draft uh, and has the proven ability of doing it. And I think that that's really where you see him bringing his value. I mean, guarding, you know, again, like struggles with the quickness of some ones, but, you know, against some some slower guys or um, like Marcus Howard, he got burned a couple times, but could hang with him a little bit. But the strength level he has and the, the, the ability to slide, just superb versatility on defense. I think that that's where his, his calling card is. I think uh, on isolation, he's quite good, like one-on-one. But uh, I think he struggles with screens at times, kind of uh, reading screens, getting over or, uh, you know, at times tends to kind of uh, drift under and uh, allow, give up, like, open pull-ups. Uh, if you look up his numbers, uh, this year they seem all right. You know, it's definitely not super reliable, like, but uh, uh, the synergy numbers. But um, uh, last year, like, he had a really bad pick-and-roll defense numbers. And, you know, I kind of saw that on film is the reason I looked it up. You know, I, I wouldn't suggest, like, going from synergy numbers and making assumptions. But if you see something on film and then you look up the numbers, I feel like uh, – Usually, you could uh, kind of think that you're probably correct. So, yeah, uh, his, uh, I think he was like 4%. No, no, I don't think he was that bad. But, like, he was pretty low uh, in uh, pick-and-roll ball handler defense last year, and I think a lot of it uh, is just uh, him, uh, you know, uh, kind of recognizing screens and positioning himself in a way to, uh, you know, uh, you know, having optimal position uh, after the screen, uh, after the player, uh, opposing player uses the screen. So in that sense, I think Schofield is a better, like, on-ball defender against uh, wings. But uh, I do think, like you said, Pascal is more versatile. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, defending fives and fours, I think Pascal would have a better shot. Uh, his downfalls, uh, as far as versatility, come as a team defender. I think uh, mm-hmm. he kind of struggles uh, similar to Schofield. He's probably a little bit better in Schofield than a protector. But, uh, you know, some really uh, uh, big downfalls for Villanova over the last few years have been you know, their def- interior defense with Pascal at center because that was their best lineup offensively with him at center. But uh, defensively, it was kind of uh, against teams that had a really strong interior offense. They kind of weren't able to contain them. But, uh, yeah, we could go into that. But uh, uh, what, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I I think defensively, like, he's not an event creator and the stats are bad there. But I do think he's, like, relatively smart in terms of, uh, like, communicating rotations and does play with pretty strong motor. But... Um, you know, his positioning is pretty solid, and I do think um, he makes some plays, but he, he does kind of gamble in opportune times, will make some dumb plays, and, uh, like, the lack of event creation throughout his career is kind of a red flag. I do think he's better than stock numbers would indicate um, because of his rotational awareness, solid positioning, the size, switchability, but 
uh, yeah. again, like he, he does have some issues with gambling. And like you said, like the, the rim protection isn't really there for him. And the, the length I think is kind of limiting overall, you know, he'll get those Draymond comparisons from people and they just not even close in terms of length or you know, really like making an impact near the rim. Yeah, or feel as a rim protector kind of uh, positioning uh, to really contest uh, guys uh, uh, as a help defender. But, uh, yeah, that's the thing I kind of forgot to mention with Schofield, but Schofield has a lot of miscommunications on switches and kind of struggles uh, to uh, execute switches at times. And uh, I think Pascal did a better job at that from what I remember. I don't, I'm not looking at my notes right now, but uh, from what I remember, Pascal was better uh, executing switches consistently and uh, communicating with uh, teammates on switches. And uh, like you said, uh, his rotations, like on the perimeter, are fairly on point and uh, you know well timed, and he recognizes the stuff on the weak side and all that. So uh, yeah, he's not super active as far as uh, consistently creating events and stuff. But uh, as far as just executing the scheme, I think he's fine. There's not like a big uh, worry there for him. Yeah, so we can go into the the overall projection for him. I, he's gonna need his jumper to fall, obviously, like a lot of pretty much any, pretty much any wing prospect you can say that about. But it, it is easy to envision him carving out a long term role in the league as long as it does because of his defensive versatility and his scalable fit on either end of the court. You know, pretty much any team can kind of plug and play him right away pretty easily, and he should be able to give them minutes right away. Uh, does not really have a high ceiling, is he's not really like a high end field guy. You know, like I said, doesn't fit the profile of a Draymond type as people will sometimes compare him to, or even like, um, you know, like a PJ Tucker, just because I don't know that he's like, I just don't know that he's like that insane level of strength that you see from a guy like that. But he, he is like a multi-positional wing who, you know, as long as he shoots well, should find a way to stick around as a rotation player and, you know, maybe like a low end starter uh, if, if things really go well for him. So um, I could maybe understand if you're a playoff team, just looking to get solid value out of a, a contract you take him, you know, like in the 26 to 30 range just to, so he can fill minutes for you because um, you're probably going to get you know, pretty good value on that deal. But, you know, more of like a probably a second-round guy than anything. Yeah, yeah. Late first is probably a little bit of a reason. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's like a good, decent, like, second-round uh, guy that you could throw in as a rotation player for you. Uh, yeah, looking at their spot of no dribble jumper, uh, like, uh, you know, catch-and-shoot classical uh, shots, uh, he has the most attempts among these guys in the last two years combined. He has 150 attempts. Uh, Schofield has 135. Uh, Davis has 140. And uh, uh, Matthews has 100. But he has the lowest percentage, 52%, effective field goal percentage. But the other guys are really close. It's uh, 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 Schofield is 54.4. Davis is 53.2. And uh, Matthews is actually the best, uh, surprisingly. So that's interesting. 54.5%. Uh, but he has the least amount of attempts, only 100 attempts. Matthew, right, yeah. uh, Pascal has the most, 150. Yeah. So do you have anything else on Pascal, or can we go on to Terrence Davis? Uh, yeah, I think we could go on to the Terrence Davis. All right, yeah, so Davis, um, combo guard from Ole Miss, senior, six foot four, 201 pounds, going to be 22.1 on draft night. So scoring, he's got like an interesting all-around scoring game, but really kind of lacks true high-end creation potential just due to kind of having not, not that great of a handle. You know, he's solid as a handler. Uh, at least has comfort and confidence, uh, has like legit quickness that you want to see, like really, really good twitchy athlete. And he'll split pick and rolls at times, um, close the space to the rim pretty quickly with his tools. Um, his shot mechanics as well are really nice. Uh, Cole for a long time was bringing up him as like a shot mechanics guy. Um, catches from the shooting pocket really quickly into a quick release, uh, sets his feet quickly off of movement, has the shot diversity you look for with the catch and shoot off the dribble, including step backs. 
um, off movement shot diversity that you look for with plus mechanics and confidence. Um, statistically, only like decent shooting indicators in terms of volume and percentages and everything. But I think uh, you profile the shot diversity and the foreman, and he does look a little bit better there. Um, in terms of you know attacking off the dribble, he can beat closeouts with rip throughs and you know playoff pull up or create from ball screens. Um, off the ball too is really effective both as a movement shooter and a cutter with his ability to rise for lobs. Like I said, really good athlete. Um, motor on the offensive glass too, but lacks probably any real NBA skills offensively. But in terms of like all around well-rounded scoring, he's like pretty well-rounded in a lot of areas. Well, he takes more pull-ups than uh, any more of these guys, except Matthews takes, uh, took a little bit more in these past years combined. But Matthews, a lot of his game is like that, uh, you know, driving to the rim, and then you stop on the diamond, pivot, and do that like, 10-foot yep. away. So, yep. you know, that's not exactly the same as like, uh, you know, pull-up, uh, two-three two, dribble pull-up in the pick-and-roll, which Davis has the most out of all these guys. So uh, I do think he's improved a lot, especially in that area. I remember last year a lot of uh, the questions about him were his ability to shoot off the dribble. You really struggled last year, I believe, how like a 25% effective field growth percentage or something like that on pull-ups. But uh, this year has been a lot more uh, effective in that area. And, uh, you know, running pick and roll in general with uh, Kermit Davis coming in, uh, Davis, uh, the coach, is, uh, you know, really great at setting guys up, uh, you know, kind of uh, missed, uh, running misdirection type stuff uh, on opposing teams and kind of putting guys in a good position uh, originally uh, as they start uh, their, you know, pick and roll ball and or iso play. Uh, so, yeah, definitely benefited Davis to some extent. But uh, he's made a lot of improvements uh, off the dribble. Uh, his handle itself is not amazing. He doesn't, like, uh, you know, he's kind of loose with it at times, doesn't uh, really uh, able to really execute super complex moves and uh, create crazy separation just with the handle itself. But, uh, you know, his speed is really impressive. And, uh, you know, uh, he has a pretty good ability to recognize closeouts and, uh, you know, blow past guys off of spot-ups. Uh, but in the pick and roll, uh, he's done a much better job, uh, you know, uh, going into his pull-up and, uh, you know, hitting them more consistently, as well as uh, uh, making some reads, particularly to the roll man. He still doesn't make too many, like, really reads to, like, weak side or, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, off-dribble, one-handed kind of, uh, you know, what do they call it, like, whip, whip passes, uh, you know, or something like that. But, uh, you know, as far as finding the roll man, uh, you know, kind of uh, – uh, executing against traps and stuff like that, or, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, changing speeds a little bit or uh, getting uh, to a step back with behind-the-back dribbles and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like he's done uh, better this year and really made some improvements in that sense. And, uh, you know, the shot uh, mechanics have always been uh, fairly encouraging just with the high release. And, uh, you know, obviously the power he has is impressive, uh, his ability to – uh, he does a, a lot of plays where he's uh, able to kind of go right into his jumper almost with no dip because mm -hmm. of uh, 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 how strong he is. And, uh, you know, you can really see him chant uh, shots of the NBA at this point, line, I feel like. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, overall, pretty good player uh, as far as uh, playing off ball and uh, not dominating the ball. And I think he's a better ball mover than uh, most, uh, definitely better than Pascal and Schofield, let's say as far as just, uh, you know, keeping ball movement alive and not holding the ball too long. But, um, you know, he has some uh, advice shots as well, but at least they're, like, quick shots. He doesn't just hold the ball or, like, you know, do a bunch of pointless jab steps or something like that most of the time. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, talking about some of the, the passing stuff that you were mentioning, um, he, he will play out of control at times. I think that's his biggest weakness is he just, like, for whatever reason, has never really been able to get out of his game just like the – erratic out of control stuff that he'll do where you know he'll force some drives force some shots or 
make some questionable decisions, throw some bad passes. But at the same time, we'll have some some pretty nice plays where, uh, like you said, some of the, the reads he's make aren't like amazing, but a relatively good um, passing over the top a little bit. Some cross-court stuff, but, you know, right now doesn't necessarily have like a high degree of accuracy on his passes. Um, and as mentioned, the scoring section, you know, his lack of high-end handle, like limits his creation potential, uh, limits him as a passer a little bit. Like he can run a secondary pick and roll, probably like initiate some offense, but I don't think you're ever looking at him as like a really like a, a point guard type with just some of the limitations he has as a handler and um, as a passer. Like he's just not really on that level. But I, I do I do agree with what you said. Like the the athleticism is a big plus and the the strength is really big for him too. We've got a lot of strong guys talking about uh, guys so far today. Um, all four guys that we've talked about are very strong and Davis, no exception to that with his strength level. We'll talk about that more on defense, but uh, yeah, what what else do you have on the offense for him? Uh, just the last thing that definitely bears mentioning, and it is a big part of his game, is just turning defense into offense and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. transition offense. Just an absolute, like, you know, lightning bolt in transition and, uh, you know, able to change direction on the dime uh, and, uh, you know, going full speed in transition. Like, basically, once he gets, you know, momentum in transition, he gets downhill in transition, like, you're not stopping him. Like, he's going to get to the rim and, like, dunk on your, on your guy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's definitely very impressive in that sense. And, uh, yeah, definitely agree about him playing out of control at times and I think sometimes he's a little bit too fast almost for his own good like mm-hmm. controlling his speed uh, it's a little bit of an issue on both ends defensively as well but uh, yeah just uh, his transition offense and athleticism is really impressive but uh, the downfall kind of for him is uh, you know uh, what do you think his wingspan is it's I wouldn't say it's overly long from what I've seen uh, and uh, you know like six, he's probably six, decent seven, six, eight. yeah six seven and a half something like that I would guess I don't know but uh, yeah yeah, I mean, it's decent, but just uh, being 6'4", you know, he's uh, mm-hmm. even shorter, I'd say, than, like, Schofield. Definitely shorter than Pascal and Matthews, I would say. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, his downfall is the size of a two-guard, but like you said, the handling limitations. And uh, I think he's a solid shooter, and he's really improved the school game, as I said. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he's, like, an NBA-level, you know, a good offensive two-guard uh, type of, uh, you know, perimeter shooter and scorer. So, uh, yeah, uh, his size, you, uh, you know, he, he's better as a three, but at his size, he's kind of two. So he's a little bit of a tweener in that sense. But uh, overall, uh, definitely a great athlete. And uh, I'm, uh, I think out of these guys, he's probably my favorite. Yeah, I mean, just like for a 6'4 non-initiator, as you said, like it's a really hard profile to make it as that type of guy. Um, he's pretty close to being as good as it gets just with the – the, the very real NBA athleticism, diverse shooting ability, you know, able to play on or off the ball, um, you know, on ball ability. So I'm in question at the next level with the handling and decision-making limitations. Um, but he scores at multiple levels with self-creation, has a pull-up game. You know, he is kind of erratic and it's tough to trust him in a high leverage role. So he's going to have to reel in some of those decision-making issues. But I think the path for him is like becoming like an off-ball point guard type. Um, as we transition into his defense, I think that uh, he, he does have, like he definitely plays above his size defensively he's really strong um i'd say like fairly not like super long for his size like he's not gonna like a 6'10 wingspan but i would guess like you know like 6'8 range like i said um it affords him some switchability too um definitely fights in the post applies pressure on the perimeter too on the ball you know again like legit strength not just like a guy who's physical to call though like he's actually strong you'll see guys try to post him up and he'll like fight them back hold his ground um solid on his close out slides slides pretty well doesn't have like an elite drop step like he's not just like this super elite mirroring guy um, doesn't have like this true lockdown potential or anything, but you know, with his strength level and like, you could definitely see him bothering 
um, bigger point guards and initiators, uh, especially with, you know, sort of the, the motive that he'll play with at times. So on ball um, definitely has some like perimeter versatility and uh, the strength is, is nice. And I think he's, he's pretty solid there. And that's why you, you sort of project him into that sort of off ball point guard role, especially if the, the shot making really translates, which is what he's going to need. Yeah, he's probably the worst on-ball defender out of these four guys, but he might be the most valuable defender at the NBA level overall, just because I feel like he's the most active uh, off-ball and has, you know, he kind of plays loose. I think that's kind of an underrated aspect of defense is kind of the ability to uh, uh, consistently be active and, uh, you know, uh, move around the court and cover space uh, as a team defender. He just kind of has that, like, more loose, active style as opposed to, like, uh, Pascal or even Schofield are more kind of rigid within, you know, executing the rotations and kind of doing the things within the scheme, but don't really bring, uh, you know, a lot of uh, outside that or anything, you know, extra value that, uh, you know, you wouldn't uh, get just from uh, executing the scheme very basically like they do. So, uh, yeah, in that sense, I'm a pretty big fan of Davis. really makes some impressive, uh, you know, shot blocking plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this year, Ole Miss runs uh, this really aggressive uh, trap style defense at times. And, uh, you know, Davis ends up the last man back on defense by himself. And, uh, you know, the, what the other team will do is they'll put shooters in each corner of the floor. So he'll be by himself guarding both corners. But he's so damn fast in a straight line <laughs> that he's still able to cover from one corner to the other. Like, while the ball, like, he's running as fast as the ball is moving, it's, like, pretty insane so in that sense like with the speed i'm a big fan of uh you know just crazy speed uh in today's nba like how open the floor is and how much space there is I think that's a uh, something really advantageous to have and he's definitely one of the faster like straight line guys in this class so uh yeah i'm definitely defense from that uh, uh viewpoint kind of perspective yeah no definitely and that's i think the the off ball you know, he'll simultaneously have these great moments and then he'll have some horrible ones too, kind of similar to his offensive game where you see some great reads and then some awful decisions mixed together. So he definitely has like some consistent issues with ball watching and losing track of his man off the ball, yep. giving up back cuts or really easy rebounds. But he'll also make these really smart rotations, jumping past in the lanes or um, he'll at times like do a really good job, like positioning himself between two guys, like you said, like guarding multiple men at once when he shouldn't be able to. Um, and Definitely, like, pretty good positioning overall. It's just, like, the ball-watching stuff is the issue more than anything. Um, and like you said, really solid stocks guy. One of the better shot-blocking guards in the country, and that's been the case for probably three years now. Uh, legit sh- chase-down ability, thanks to his explosiveness and length, and also gives him some recovery ability when he's beating on the ball. Um, but overall, you know, his energy and athleticism all take that uh, with the bad moments, especially because he creates so many events. But he definitely has to clean up the ball-watching issue. Yeah, definitely he loses focus. Uh, you're, you're definitely correct. I have uh, several notes. Like, I have all these uh, raving notes about his athleticism. And then at the end, what does it say? Let me see if I have it right here. Uh, is this your uh, Well, it says, uh, uh, does tend to drift off his man, caught ball watching again. <laughs> like, this is like yeah. the end of his <laughs> So, yeah, like, that's definitely, like, an issue. But just his energy is really impressive. And I asked you, like, about the rim protection. And I think uh, maybe – uh, rim protector out of all these guys. Uh, in particular, I remember in the Butler game uh, where they ran that defense a lot, where, where he had to cover both corners consistently, but also kind of play as the five in the last line of defense for them, and did a pretty impressive job, like uh, uh, kind of uh, what is the word, just waiting, I guess. Uh, uh, Kamar Baldwin and uh, Jorgensen from uh, getting to the rim and uh, had a few blocks. I don't know how many, like he had a huge amount of blocks in the like the box score sheet, but definitely had uh, at least one or two and uh, had some nice contests. 
as like the rim protector for them. And I think that's like I asked about that and said, well, their wings does it really matter like how good of they are in rim protection? And I do think it does. I think it's a pretty important skill to be uh, able to slide down as a wing and uh, you know whether you're switched on a big guy and uh, you end up as the last line of defense or just as a help defender coming in from uh, you know the wing or the corners and uh, you know helping on drivers and stuff like that. I think it's a very important part of defense at every level of basketball and uh, you know Davis's ability to do that. Uh, you know you would think Schofield and Pascal or even Matthew Matthews is pretty good at it too. But yeah. uh, Schofield and Pascal I feel are kind of lacking in that sense. And uh, you know Davis is very impressive. Yeah, for sure. And like overall with him, uh, I think there are definite reasons to believe in his transitability on both sides of the ball, which is definitely encouraging. But he's got to clean up that like erratic play style and become more disciplined on both ends, stop the ball watching stuff. Um, you know, like without high end measurables or like a single really bankable NBA skill, he's going to have to hit shots at a high level and play a disciplined brand of basketball to stick around. Um, but he definitely has the upside to turn into like a really nice rotation piece thanks to, you know, definitely the play on both ends. But there's just as much of a chance for him to play him out quickly if he even gets a chance. So uh, I'd be fine with him somewhere in the middle of the second round, maybe even like early second round. Um, I think first round probably a little rich for him, but I, I, I could see him in the early second round if, if you really believe in the child making ability. Yeah, I might even go as high as late first, but when everybody enters, maybe. But, uh, yeah, something like, like early second is probably a good place for him. Uh, I'd say out of these uh, four guys, well, uh, again, going back to the synergy numbers, he has, uh, outside of Matthews, the most pull-up attempts uh, the last two years combined. And he shoots the highest percentage on pull-ups, 40.2% effective field goal percentage on pull-ups the last two years. Uh, uh, Schofield is at 38.2, and Pascal is at 37.8. Matthews is just 33%. Obviously, Matthews is the worst shooter out of all these four guys. But, uh, you know, Pascal and uh, Schofield are not far away. I think it's close. But uh, I think Davis, uh, with his ability also to come off screens, uh, I was going to say, you said that Pascal, uh, you know, uh, had some moments like uh, shooting off movement. Uh, I didn't really get to see that, and I was wondering about that. Uh, there was one play where he kind of looked not comfortable coming off movement and shooting, but there was, and there was another one where he, I think, hit a shot uh, kind of fading off the screen a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, the, did you see plays of him shooting off movement? Do you remember in particular? Um, it's sparse. I have in my notes like a couple times, but it's not like he does it frequently. But, like, he's done it a little bit, just not a lot. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Davis is definitely obviously playing for Kennedy. He loves those floppy sets and uh, you know like um, pin downs and stuff. So uh, Davis did it a lot. He didn't necessarily do it well a lot, but at least you know that he's capable of doing it. We'll see if it ever falls. But you know, again, in the second round, you know when you're going when you're looking guys, I think Davis has some starter upside, whereas opposed to most of the rest of these guys are kind of uh, lower ceiling. Even if you could argue that, uh, you know, Pascal perhaps has a higher floor maybe, but uh, or even Schofield maybe, uh, if some people might. I wouldn't say that. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Davis has a better ceiling than all four of these guys. Yeah, um, I, th- I think that the ceiling argument is definitely fair with him, especially just with the athletic tools that he has. Um, but a guy who some people might make the case for is our next guy, uh, Charles Matthews, redshirt junior, wing from Michigan, 6'6", with a 6'9", wingspan. Um, I have an 8-7 standing reach in my numbers. I think that's from, like, the Kentucky Combine in, like, 2016, but that does not seem accurate. Like, a 6-6 guy with a 6-9 wingspan um, generally is not going to have an 8-7 standing reach. That's, like, really big for that size. So maybe he does, but uh, I don't think that that is accurate. But anyways, 205 pounds, going to be 22.6 to the draft. So probably enters this year. Maybe doesn't, but probably. So in terms of offensive game, uh, 
kind of like these other guys in terms of like being a shot maker type, but a little bit different because uh, he doesn't make as many of them. Uh, most like a shot shot creator type. He's got the quickness and you know the requisite handle to get to his spots, but really loves these like mid range turnarounds like you were talking about earlier, where he'll start driving and then just turn around and pull up pulling away. But I don't really believe in his touch that much, and I think that that's going to be the issue for him. He doesn't really have the touch to fill this like shot creator role at a high level. Um, and we talked about this before, but like the, his dichotomy between catch and shoots and um, like his form and his results is really interesting because it's he's got a compact shot and you know it inspires confidence despite his free struggles. But you know the underlying lack of touch just may be like an unsolvable issue for him overall. And when he gets open lanes to the rim on the perimeter, he can close space quickly. He has good first step, uh, great overall burst, but doesn't really have like a refined handle. You know, get much more than straight line drives to the rim. Uh, really good cutter off the ball, you know, really plus athlete, ability to rise quickly for dunks and lobs, major threat in transition, kind of like Davis, you know, because of his athleticism. But again, at the next level, doesn't really profile as much of a score. Um, is really going to have to be like a guy who gets his catch and shoot, looks to fall, and, you know, can, can maybe convert some pull ups when he's run off the line and finish lobs on the back line. But shooting is the biggest input for him, and it's kind of hard to have much confidence there with his struggles from free throw line. Uh, never really hit it a high rate from three, anything like that. Yeah, definitely, like, the free throw percentage numbers are really concerning, considering his age, especially, and, uh, yeah, like, the, it's funny, like I said, the, his spot-up numbers, it is interesting that he actually shoots, I mean, it's really close between all four guys, but, and he has the least attempts, but he still has 100 attempts over the last two years, and he's shooting uh, almost 55, 54.5 uh, effective field goal percentage, so... Uh, he does hit his spot-ups. I mean, a lot of them, I guess, would be more open, I guess, than the other guys. Like, teams aren't, uh, you know, closing out as hard on him. And, uh, you know, we kind of see that in this year also on Synergy. If you uh, last year, he was 32 out of 55 at the rim out of uh, ice in row. This year, he's just uh, 12 out of 25. So um, teams have kind of, uh, you know, uh, really backed off of him and just letting him shoot his jumpers and uh, really not worrying about him uh, – you know, making shots and just uh, uh, forcing him to attack off the dribble and go into the paint where they're kind of waiting for him. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely a big issue. Just as way, it's really tough to uh, be a consistent offensive threat if you can't shoot at all. And, uh, you know, watching these games, I've kind of been higher on Matthews because, uh, you know, he is uh, bigger, like you said, like he has pretty good measurements. I believe those measurements are from uh, the U.S. Uh, like U.S. team trials or something like that. But, uh or at U.S. Oh, the Hoop Summit mini camp. I think uh, that's where they're from. Okay. But uh, anyway, uh, well, what? I, I said all right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what's it called? Yeah, I have become higher on him just because he's such an amazing defender. We'll talk about that. But wait, if you can't shoot and at his age, it's really like questionable and uh, un, like seems not likely. Like I was saying, was I'm optimistic about Bassey shooting. I'm pessimistic about Matthews ever shooting. So. Uh, yeah, uh, that's like a really, really big weakness. Despite the rest of his game, he might be the best. Like, if you just look at the rest of their game, not counting shooting, he's probably the best prospect out of these guys. But uh, the shooting is such a big uh, negative that it kind of uh, pulls him back towards, you know, uh, the bottom of them four. I don't know. I'd probably take him over Schofield still at this point. Yeah. But, uh, you, you know, it's yeah, he'd probably be third. Yeah, I, I have him uh, fourth of all these guys. Or, I guess... Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's yeah. understandable. Yeah, go ahead. In, including Bassey. I have him over Scorfield, so but like in, including Bassey. Oh, 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 including, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Bassey is, yeah. Bassey would be number one, I think, among these guys. Yeah. But, uh, uh, well, I don't know. Bassey and Davis is actually maybe a good argument. But, uh, yeah, um, 
yes, I agree with you. Um, do you yeah, want to? So, do you have anything on his offense? Oh, I was going to ask you, who do you think has the better handle? That's what I couldn't really get a good grasp of for Matthews. Is like, how good is his handle really? Is he just like a straight line guy attacking like close out? Well, it's funny he actually barely has any attempts at the rim out of spotters this year. It's kind of weird. He barely uh, has attacked out of spotters this year, uh, which is. Uh, strange i didn't realize that but uh yeah what do you think of his handle in comparison to like davis for example yeah i definitely think davis is ahead of him there like he just it's not really like high and stuff and like talking about his playmaking ability he's like much more of a shot creator for himself than for others you know he'll make the right read at times when passes open up but his handle like basically average for a college wing i don't really project as a tool in the nba um again he should be like competent putting on the floor when run off the line maybe he can run a secondary pick and roll to create a shot but um, I don't really think he has, like, any sort of high-level passing ability to make, like, uh, you, you want him running pick-and-rolls at the NBA level ever. Like, he's just, like, in terms of, like, creation, handle-wise, passion-wise, he's pretty limited there. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I couldn't really get it. Like I said, uh, I've yeah, never really gotten a great read for his handle. I don't have a lot of really notes. I don't have a great read for it either. It's, it's not something I, like, feel great about, but it's just, like, it's never stood out to me. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm just thinking if there's any chance of him to actually, like, be more than a straight line driver. He does have a lot of possession running pick and roll for Michigan. Like, they do that for pretty much all their uh, perimeter players, don't let them run pick and roll. Some, But I don't really remember in the games I watched him really, like, crossing guys over, like, having crazy, like, spin moves or something like that, or, like, uh, you know, in and out, off the dribble. It's more like just uh, using his, uh, like, kind of stride length and, uh, you know, how fluid and agile he is, which we'll talk on the defensive end, like, his balance and agility is just insane absolutely insane so yeah we could get into that if uh, unless you have more on this offense yeah i mean the offense he's gonna have to hit shots that's like that's the story of him but uh defensively yeah top three on ball perimeter defender in the country at least uh super quick sliding great application of his six nine wingspan to apply pressure takes great angles sliding to cut off offensive players he might be like in terms of like taking the right angle he might be like the best guy in the country like, he's amazing at that just getting yeah. in front of guys Absolutely suffocating as most guards and wings at the college level. Uh, doesn't have, like, the frame and size to really defend, like, big wings at the NBA level. But, you know, his physicality, his quickness, his measurables, they're going to make him a terror against, like, twos and ones. Has legit chase down block ability when beaten initially, too. Uh, so he has that recovery. Great explosiveness. Has good timing hitting those blocks from behind. You know, he lacks that high-end switchability due to his frame limitations, but uh, should be immediately impactful on the ball against you know pretty much any guard at the NBA level because he's so good uh, just mirroring guys, taking angles, applying his physicality, uh, using his length. So quick, like, there's basically no criticism of him on the ball other than, you know, not having, like... Like, if you gave him DeAndre Hunter's frame, he would be, like, the best... He might be, like, defensive player of the year. Like, he's he's that good. Yeah, like, again, I'm not a huge fan of on-ball defense, but, like, Matthews is special. Like, the way he, like, changes momentum going back and uh, forwards and backwards, like, ability to slide backwards, like you said, hip uh, angles and foot positioning is just incredible. Like, And, uh, you know, he was really good last year. I kind of underrated him, uh, uh, I think, uh, going into this year. But this year he's, he's taken even a step forward. And I think he's the best on-ball defender in the NCAA in the wing position. I think I like him more than Hunter in just that particular skill set. Uh, Hunter is amazing also, like, don't get me wrong. But uh, I think Matthews is even better. And, uh, yeah, like you said, he's uh, maybe not uh, like LeBron or somebody like that or like Durant just being as tall as he is uh, would give him some trouble but he could switch on quicker guards. Like, I've seen him, like, defend, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, Anthony Colvin or uh, uh, who did he defend? 
Cassius Winston, I believe. Like some of the like the more quicker water bug types, and uh, he had no issue there. And uh, you know, he uses his uh, size and length really well to kind of uh, give him a little bit more of a cushion, but at the same time still contest and uh, be uh, up in their face. And uh, you know, as a team defender, he also I think uh, we talked about Pascal and uh, Schofield. You know, being fairly doing this fairly solid job executing the scheme and all that. I think Matthews is even better than them. Uh, executing Michigan's scheme now for him because he's kind of like their primary option on the top wing scores for opposing team, top perimeter scores on opposing team. He kind of plays ball denial more, and he doesn't mm-hmm. always have the opportunity to really, uh, you know, uh, kind of play free safety and, uh, you know, spend a lot of time off ball and uh, at times kind of has to stick to his man because that's kind of his role again. But, um, you know, when he's able to, he, I think he does an even better job than Pascal and Schofield. He's not quite as active and uh, kind of, like, energetic, explosive, like Terrence Davis is. But uh, uh, comparison to, again, Pascal and Schofield, I think he's even a, a superior team defender to them also. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I definitely think he's probably the best team defender of all four of these wings here. And, you know, Cody Bass is better than him. Uh, like, not really a high-level event creator by the stats, like, solid skill percentage, but uh, not, like, amazing there. Um, get some, like, chase down blocks and can protect the rim a little bit, but... Uh, Still, like, so smart. His activity level, his motor, his athleticism, he's just complete terror off the ball. Uh, Michigan is a team, they just rotate on a string, and Matthews is a huge part of that. Some of the reads are just absurd. I'm sure, you know, maybe you've seen that pass where he was like, it was like, there's that play, like, two, he was like two passes away against Indiana. He read the play, like, two, two passes ahead. He got a, like this amazing pick six steal. And, you know, he has that athleticism to be a threat on the back line, blocking shots from the side. Uh, you know, times his digs to the post really well. Uh, great hands. Yeah. Uh, Take some risks sometimes, you know, a little bit too jumpy, but you know, is able to get back into the play, can apply pressure from behind or block shots and recovery, uh, really high motor working to get back in. So, I mean, on defense, like other than having a bigger frame, he had literally everything you could want in a guard defender, you know, shut down on ball ability, absurd off ball smarts, NBA level athleticism. You know, the, like I said, the upside's slightly capped, but, you know, he's good enough on D that he could just stick in the NBA just because he's that good defensively. Yeah, I think on team defense, it's, for me, it's closer between him and Davis. Uh, I don't know. I think they're because like Davis, you're right. He definitely makes more mistakes than Matthews. Matthews, like he, the timing is just amazing. Like most of my notes I have about just like amazing defensive timing, whether on ball or you know off ball. You know, uh, executing rotations, uh, timing, uh, kind of uh, tagging the roll man and recovering. Takes better than he does. It's it's remarkable. We'll say that again. No one does what times post digs like digging down in the post. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, uh, yeah, all, all of that, like, uh, communicating switches, particularly Michigan is really good at that as a team, and uh, Matthew is a big part of that. So uh, all that stuff, he's great. So, But, uh, you know, I just uh, really think uh, being active and, uh, you know, sometimes you have to gamble. And, uh, you know, Matthews, he, he makes some gambles and uh, smart, more smart ones and uh, kind of like, uh, you know, calculated gambles. Davis is a little bit more wild, but at the same time, I think that leads to more plays and uh, kind of uh, adds uh, more plus value in some ways also. So I think it's close as a te- just pure team defenders team him and Davis, but obviously on ball, it's not even close at all. Like Matthews is like, like way better. So, uh, yeah, like uh, I have some notes about him in Illinois where he just uh, completely, uh, you know, ate up ate the Sumnu and as the Sumnu tried to go up, he just exploded and uh, threw the ball back in his face. Like mm-hmm. uh, on ball blocks, he's very uh, capable off as well. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's pretty good size. I think the tallest one probably, uh, or probably the best standing reach out of all these guys. So uh, yeah, he has some capabilities, kind of like a rim protector, like sliding over, like. Uh, you know, a weak side uh, kind of help defender at the rim also. And, uh, 
uh, has, again, going back to his timing defensively, really great job, uh, you know, anticipating guys turning around in the post when they have their back, their back to him and uh, then coming up from behind and kind of getting, uh, you know, uh, pin, uh, pinning the ball on the backboard as a shot blocker, uh, stuff like that. He's really good at, uh, you know, so uh, definitely a great, great defender. And watching this, uh, again, all four of these guys, and right now even talking about him, I'm kind of moving up. I think I'd probably take him over Pascal, but it's, uh, it's close because the jump shot is, is just such a huge weakness. But I think if somehow that jump shot comes around, he's going to be like a legit, like, I mean, he could probably even start, like, he'll be like the fifth starter, but still be a starter on, like, mm-hmm. a contending team if he's hitting his shots just because of how great of a defender he is. Yeah, I mean, he could be like that, like, Tony Allen type of player where it's just like he's everywhere because of his defense. And, uh, you know, if as long as the jump shot's even competent, he could he could be that guy. So, uh, overall, like, projection for him, like, again, the outcome is almost entirely tied to the translation of his jump shot. Um, and I don't think he projects as a non-shooter regardless because, you know, even though he has the ugly free throw numbers, he can knock down shots from three at the college level. He's a promising mechanical foundation. Um, it's not like he doesn't shoot them. Like, he shoots plenty of threes. Um, he's likely a bad shooter, but if he can, can compensate in enough other areas on offense to stay on the court, um, his defense will bring real value. You know, it's hard to find the combination of on-ball D, off-ball D, athleticism, and size, even if he lacks that top-end wing size. Um, like if he, like I said, if he had that frame, he would have defensive player of the year potential. But, you know, he's a guy I can understand in the, like, early to mid-second range, depending on your confidence in his jump shot. Um, and, like, just going to talk about ranking these guys, um, I – my cop out. I mean, I think Bassey's the the top one overall, but after that, I think it's really close between Pascal Davis and Matthews. I lean Pascal just because I I do value the size, and I think that uh, I probably trust his. Actually, no, I trust I trust Davis's shot more, but I think I, I like like Pascal's like defensive versatility. Um, I think he probably projects a little bit better. I just I just value the size a little bit more with him than uh, than Davis, and then I'd have Davis next and Matthews after. But all those guys would probably be within like. You know, five or ten spots on a big board for him. Like it, it's really close, same tier type thing. And then Schofield is kind of at the back by himself, like not really close to the rest of these guys. But yeah, that's that's kind of how it is for me. And again, there's not like a big gap between Bassey and the the three wings either. It's it's pretty close between those four. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's a little bit more clear to me. I think I would take Bassey, Davis, Matthews, Pascal, and Schofield last. Uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, I, I just think like Matthews. I think Pascal has a better floor, like median even than uh, Matthews. But uh, again, like these guys, like what does it matter if you have a better seventh man or an eleventh man? I don't really care. So uh, you know, you're just gonna try to swing for the ceiling. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful. That, well, not hopeful. Again, I'm actually pessimistic about him ever shooting. But uh, you know, um, if he does ever even get to like you know 34 percent or something on decent attempts. He becomes really valuable with his defense. I will say, like, compared to Tony Allen, like you said, again, with Allen, he was just so active off-ball. I always actually thought Allen's on-ball defense was a little bit overrated at times, and uh, he definitely made some mistakes and would get beat on-ball a little bit. But uh, uh, his off-ball defense was incredible. Like, his instincts, like, you think Josh Reeves' instincts off-ball are great? Like, watch Tony Allen, like, from, like, four or five years ago. is just fucking insane and doing it at the NBA level. Uh, So I don't think Matthews is at that level as a team defender and again I think that's where uh, defensive value really lies but nevertheless like his on-ball defense how just how good he is at it is valuable and uh, is going to bring value I think and uh, so uh, yeah he's definitely uh, um, you know a prospect mainly because of that ability. No you're you're definitely talking to me and I could definitely 
I mean, honestly, with that upside, you could make a pretty good case for him ahead of all these guys, including Bassey, just with, you know, like the, if he shoots, like this is a guy who's a two-way wing who's really good. But um, again, like I said, it's close between all these guys and our big boards aren't due today. We got like, what, almost four months exactly until the draft, I think. So um, plenty of time to work all this out. Yeah. Did you say you had Davis or Matthews higher? Davis, I have okay. Davis higher. I'm still because, like I said, I am pessimist. I don't think he'll ever shoot it. I think the percentage of him actually shooting mm-hmm. is very low, and it's always going to be a big downfall for him. And I don't think his offensive game will really translate as far as driving and stuff like that because of the inability to shoot, yeah. like kind of like we saw with Josh Jackson and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and uh, I think that is even worse than Jackson offensively. So that's a pretty bad player on that end. But uh, you know, his defense is impressive enough that you know, if there's any hope that he somehow improves offensively, uh, you know, uh, I think he's worth taking over Pascal and uh, Schofield, who are just fairly low ceiling, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that, that ceiling argument is fair. I think Pascal, like, can be an immediate rotation player, but there's just not much ceiling, which is, it, it just depends on what you're looking for uh, with what you're drafting and everything. But, uh, yeah, that's like, a, that's like a whole draft philosophy discussion to have for another time. That, that brings us to the end uh, of all these scouting reports. That was a, honestly a great episode. I felt like we got... Uh, covered a lot of these guys really in depth and we're gonna continue doing these we'll be back next week probably what you want to do five more next week you want to keep doing five or do you want to cut it down to four or something like that yeah i don't know how long was this if it was too long we could do four like you know i don't want to do a lot of work either but i, I want to co- i want to like, try to cover everybody also but before the draft so yeah i think it coming out to like an hour 40 so maybe we can just go down to like four maybe we can four. keep doing five we'll see um well but we'll be back next week with yeah, more scouting reports and uh, yeah uh share this with uh, everyone on Twitter, retweet, uh, go leave those five-star reviews on iTunes so people can find this. Uh, again, as we roll out these scouting reports, we're putting a lot of effort into these, so definitely share them. It's it's good draft content, I feel like. So, uh, yeah, keep sharing. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Shout us out everything. Uh, visit the Steppy and check out all the work that's going on there. And, yeah, we'll catch you next week for more scouting reports. Thanks for listening. Later.